everybody before we get into this week's episode this is Dante from the 580 show I just want to remind everybody that we are doing a strongman contest giveaway all details are on the YouTube page please go subscribe to the YouTube channel check it out give it a like a comment and everything all of the above just quick shout out that we are still doing the giveaway once we hit 700 subscribers we will pick somebody for the winnings so if you were interested and have no idea what we're talking about Go check out our YouTube channel at 580 Barbell on YouTube and go give it a listen. Thank you and enjoy the episode. All right. Now joining the show, episode 143, professional strongman, Tyler Young. What's up, man? How's it going? It's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah. So just a little introduction. You're a two-time Clash finalist, um, a pro 105 strongman by way of, I believe, 2021 nationals, right? Correct. It was actually my first national, so I remember getting to watch you as a competitor and also kind of Mm -hmm. just getting to see you uh, uh, get your pro card. And you're the owner of Grade 8 Performance, which you're actually in right now, I can see in the background. So it's a a gym, but it also seems like you've kind of parlayed that into coaching and uh, Mm -hmm. stuff like that as well. So when did did Grade 8 become a – when did it come to fruition? It would have been December of 2019 into January of 2020. Um, just a wild little vision I had, if you will, uh, I've talked about it on some other podcasts, kind of how it kind of materialized, uh, but I had no idea that it was going to, you know, lead to all of this, like the, you know, it, it's kind of felt like the wind's been at my back the whole time. So I yeah. just kept growing and, you know, uh, picked up athletes here and there. I start. I remember being totally overwhelmed with like 10 athletes. Like I was like, oh, there's no way I can do more than that. And then that number changed to 20 and then 30 and then 40, wow. you know, I keep in the fifties right now and it's manageable. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just grown. I'm happy. Um, most of the time uh, for most athletes, I'm able to, you know, give back and uh, parlay some of that knowledge, if you will. Um, because the sport is just rampant with, you know, people posing as coaching right, coaches right now. Um, and it's just, it's just really frustrating from where I'm sitting uh, and that was kind of, you know, why I wanted to do it to begin with. I was seeing a lot of, you know, bad knowledge. The first, uh, guy that I started training with, um, you know, to his credit, got me in the sport, but, you know, every Saturday we would go literally every Saturday we would max out on log. We would do deadlifts for failure. We would do three or four set. Like he just put on 405. He's like, pull it as many times as you could. Um, so we would do log deadlift and we weren't pulling with straps at the time. We were pulling over under. And then we would go outside and we would flip tires until we couldn't stand up anymore. Like that was the only things that we did. And we stayed hurt. We stayed injured. And, you know, we never won anything um, of any substance. And I got to looking around the sport and I saw a lot of, you know, like good old boy coaches like that. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this, like a better system. So um, that's how I, you know. It's so funny to look back at like old training stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. just see like how funny and silly and some of the stuff that we've done. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, some of it is kind of like that iron credit learning by learning by doing it like those 20, 30 rep sets of a really, ha- you know what I mean? That yeah, for sure. Now, but but yeah, I know what you're saying. It's funny because when we I own a gym in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but it's funny. We both probably picked the worst time statistically to open a gym. You said you tried it right at the end of 2020. I opened mine in the middle of 2020, you know, mm-hmm. the pandemic. But that's really cool yeah. to you were able actually, to weather, weather the storm and, you know. I actually, if I get if I remember my dates, I did America's Strongest Man at the end of September. And I did Nationals at the end of October. And I opened my gym. Like, there was a month between the shows. And I opened the gym in the two weeks. Like, wow. like halfway through. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, and you're coming off a, a torn bicep right now, right? Indeed. I, I can kind of see it in the in the picture a little yeah. bit. Deadlifting. Yeah. yeah. So you know, even uh, coaches need uh, coaches need coaches too. You know what I mean? I would uh, uh, just a dumb mistake, and I'm going to pay my taxes for it. You know, I was uh, I was working on getting a good OSG video together, um, working up. I had 675 on the bar. Got into my suit. Got in a great like 
you know, I wear a Leviathan Ultra Pro a lot of times to pull in. Um, and I knew that I had the suit in a good spot, but I couldn't get my straps where I wanted them. So I was like, well, I'll just pull over under. And if I had any, like, if I hadn't, you know, I would like to think anyway, if the adrenaline hadn't been going, I would have been like, maybe I should, you know, warm my biceps up or think about something before I pull over under for the first time in like three years. <laughs> so yeah. my first foray back was at 675. Um, and I pulled it. And the worst part about it is it was flying. Like it was going to go. There's zero doubt. Um, but, you know, I got almost to the knee, felt it, and I just put it down. I just looked at the guys and they're like, what? And I said, I just, I just tore my bicep. Like it's, man. It's, so what, it's uh, so you said you were doing that four OSG. When did that happen? When, uh, uh, almost a month ago, it'll be a month ago tomorrow. Um, but, uh, today I came in here and with my spudding deadlift harness, I deadlifted 675 for a little bit saw, of uh, vindication. So, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. That's just kind of yeah. like a gotcha. Like you can, you know, you still get the weight. Yeah, that's, I had that's to get cool. it back, man. What is it like pulling on one of those just out of curiosity? Like, cause I've, I've seen people, you know, in, like, does it feel uh, similar to a deadlift? Yeah. Does it um, really? It kind of, it's kind of strange. It's kind of almost like a standing leg press, which a deadlift theoretically should be anyway. I so, yeah. Um, I think that when I come out of here on the other side, once I relearn how to tighten my lats and get my back in a good position, um, I think my pool is going to be stronger because of it. Um, most every time in my career uh, where I've, you know, struggled periodically with deadlifts, um, it's because for some reason that switch flips from, from pushing to pulling, like, you know, you push the ground away. And sometimes even me as long, you know, as experienced as I am, I'll rewatch my video and I'm like, Oh, I'm not scooping the way I'm supposed to. So I think that long-term it's going to help. It's going to be beneficial. Um, I think I liken it more. It almost feels like more, um, you know how much different like an 18 inch pool feels like from where you kind of start and you're able to really drive. It feels more like that, even though I've got the straps tight. That makes that actually made that actually clicked with me. Well, I, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to rewind a little bit because, and not to harp too much on your injury, I don't want to do that, but you mentioned, okay, so it's like the athlete in you, you know, like you're fired up, you're super, you, you're super, I guess, overstimulated going for like a big pool, OSU yeah. is obviously a double, and that's the athlete in you. And you mentioned, you know, you, you have a lot of clients and you're a coach. Isn't it kind of funny how, you know, you would tell a client not to do that? And then, mm-hmm. but then, you know, like we get over some, because I deal with that too. So I guess my question is like, is it hard and how do you balance? You're still a very competitive athlete. Like you did the chaos classic mm-hmm. and uh, like qualified for the chaos classic and you're all these shows. I can go on and on and on. And, uh, and, but you're also a, a top level coach. So what's that balancing act like? Um, I honestly don't feel like it's that difficult. Um, I want to lead by example. I know that there are plenty of people that are capable of never competing in strongman, but being wonderful coaches. Um, but that's not me and no offense to those guys, but it, it would be hard for me to trust somebody as a coach. Um, if they haven't, you know, paved the way, if they haven't done the things that I wanted to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get um, that and not to say that I need a world's strongest man competitor to do my coaching now because I've achieved a certain level. And I mean that in the most humble way possible, um, but you know, there are certain people in the sport that have never competed in strongman that are coaching at a high level and, you know, they're getting results one way or another. Um, you know, uh, a couple people come to mind off the top of my head that I'm not going to name drop. Um, but on the inverse of that, my biggest frustration, um, as a coach is, and I even made a big like Facebook post about this. I was like, Hey, don't let, you know, coaches rein your people in. Don't let them make the same mistakes that I did as an athlete. Um, because I would like to think that if I had a coach in the room, they would have been like, Hey man, you should at least warm your biceps up before you do this. I saw so many videos there at the end of the OSG prep of just God awful deadlifts and like people, you could tell they were maxing out three and four days in a row on their deadlift. Like at what point, like rein yourself in, like if you're worried about that 11, 12 spot, you know, and OSG is a very, you know, incredible opportunity. But if you're having to do that much to get to that 11, 12 spot just for a shot, you know, you may not be ready for it just yet, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, that just kind of, it kind of just uh, brought a question to mind is, you know, the format of OSG. I was just talking to someone and I mean, Hey, I, I actually kind of, I didn't max a lot. I tried to have it programmed and picked correctly, but I did my overhead on the very last day just to get in, you know, in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, you're right. You saw a ton of 
you know, you can clearly tell. And those OSG events this year were about as hard on your CNS as they can be. I'll be honest. I don't think there was a forgiving event. You know, like traditionally, if you look back at a lot of online qualifiers, at least in the last couple of years, you have that one event that's like, yeah, it sucks. A sandbag over shoulder or something like that or a carry. But your body can actually recover for it, from it, right? Like pretty pretty quickly. You're looking this year, a two rep max deadlift, about as hard as it can, you know, rule of thumb, like if like the old West Side books say like 21 week, 21 days it can take to recover from a max ever deadlift. Mm-hmm. And not only do you have that, you have a second max ever deadlift essentially with the farmer's hold mm-hmm. and then a one rep max overhead. But my question for you is, do you think the format for a OSG, like the online qualifier could change to be more proactive? The reason I bring that up is because um, like Anthony Furman back in the, when he was in charge of clash, he did that right. thing where it was one a week. Yeah, I think that that would, I think that's the way to go moving forward. Chaos did something similar um, where, you know, it's three or four events because this year didn't really favor, you know, non-static strongman. Like, I mean, if you had a good grip, you were going to be fine. Yeah, but, just, you know, does, uh, not to cut you off, but did it get the best athletes this year? Like I no. look at it, I look at it and I'm fortunate I got in. But you know, mm-hmm. I I prefer moving events and stuff like that. Yeah, and and I mean OSG this year, it's a lot of moving. And it, I mean, I think that potentially, I don't think that it could have you know got the best athletes to compete at OSG. Um, but you know, it got the best in that format. And if that's the yeah. format you have to go through to compete at that level, then yeah. you know, get stronger. Uh, I, and I hate to, I hate to, you know, say that so coarsely because one of my favorite, you know, strongman competitors to watch compete against is Josh Isley. Um, Josh is, uh, you know, an overhead away from a world championship and he'll tell you that too. Like I love Josh. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's picked and carried a 500 plus pound. He's plus stone. He competes at one Oh five. Um, and you know, he can move and run and do all this crazy stuff that, you know, we're, we, we couldn't be on opposite ends of the pole. You know what I mean? You let me <laughs> and pick something up and we're going to be all right. I don't move very fast because he's, you know, my stride or whatever, or whatever it is. But um, so, you know, I, on one hand, I think that they could have got, they could have, you know, done it a little bit differently. But on the other hand, you know, it's, it's world's strongest man on a lot of these weight classes. So if you don't have the, if, if you're missing the tool, then you need to fix that tool before you try to come back. Yeah, um, I, and I don't mean to be an asshole, but no, I, it's the truth. You know, I, I made a point that the best athletes, I think, are still going to find a way there, whether it's sure. online qualifier, whether it's regional invitation. I do still still firmly believe that. Obviously, yeah. every year there's people missing injuries, mm-hmm. you know, family stuff. It's life, you know, but I yeah. do still think the best pool of athletes. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to go back to the Chaos Classic because you mentioned mm-hmm. it. And Luke did five events. Right? Uh, I think it was, oh yeah for the qualifier for the online yes. qualifier yes correct and I, I did talk to him about it briefly but like i'm sure that sucked for him but i i thought that was really cool and groundbreaking in strongman to do that and 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 if you actually look at his online qualifier events it catered it to kind of some of the events he did at the show so he mm-hmm. was getting he knew what events he was going to run and he got the best athletes and even for those events. So I thought yeah, he wanted was- to be representative, you know, yeah. and I, I think he did a, he knocked it out of the park. You know, I've competed at the highest levels all across the, you know, all across the United States and, you know, even in India before. And it is one of the best well-ran contests that I've ever been a part of. I would put it up there with clash, like all yeah. kind of on the same level, you know, like it, it was, it was incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's cool how much opportunity there is in strongman. I think people like Luke taking mm-hmm. the initiative and raising the bar, I think helps the sport so much more than people realize because promoters, whether it's at nationals, the Arnold USS uh, OSG, the people can't get stagnant and get comfortable or someone like Luke's show is going to come in and take over solely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for sure. It's really cool to see how much opportunity there is. Oh. I think Kristen Matthews made a point. Um, uh, I forget what her Instagram name is. Something Panda, right? Panda. Yeah, yeah Panda. Panda. And, and she's a good follow, but like she posted about the ASM stuff that new way classes, like how mm-hmm. many opportunities there are. So I think that's cool, you know. Well, that's like, you know, I'm I'm still good friends with Anthony Furman. And, 
you know, we talked a lot as uh, he was kind of building Clash out and he was, he, you know, he was frustrated uh, about us, you know, a couple things that some of the other organizations were doing, you know, this has been a couple years and I was like, well, man, this is your fault. And he was like, how is it my fault that they're doing this? I think it was when USS announced that they were doing pro contracts and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. And I said, well, you forced everybody else to bring their game up. And I was like, this is a symptom of that. I was like, so you're, you're going to have competition now. And that's great. I said, you know, you wanted this for athletes by athletes, like the old FUBU uh, kind of adage. Yeah. I was like, um, actually, I may have misquoted that. That is actually USS's uh, for that's, athletes. That, by I was going to say that's USS. My, yeah, that's USS. My bad, Willie. Uh, big <laughs> like Willie. So my bad. Uh, he said, Furman said something similar, though. Yeah. Um, it was uh, anyway. athletes first. <laughs> man, that's funny. What a, what a snap through there. But uh, anyway. So I was like, look, man, this is better for all of us, you know, and Christine posting that about uh, ASM. I love that idea. I love that idea. You're never going to hear me complain about more opportunities for me and my athletes to showcase their abilities. However, all right. I love Dion. I love Willie. I love Lynn. I have nothing bad to say about them because they're, they're the ones that are presenting these opportunities, but it just seems kind of like half cops. Like, you know, why would you announce this a few weeks out? You know, uh, Uh, yeah i i'm actually you know i'm involved in strongman corporation on a lower level i'm a state chair for Mm -hmm. pennsylvania and i run shows but i've said it on here since it's been announced the 200 and i got invited to 200 asm Mm -hmm. i can't go but um it makes no sense to me makes zero sense there's no prize money and whatever uh, I think that I think that they're going to end up um, one of my clients, uh, Tyler Mingus. So be on the lookout for him. OK, um, Mingus messaged me yesterday and I don't quote me here, but I'm pretty sure he said that they were going to do prize money for the podium. Now, I don't know that that's uh, been an announced thing. You know, um, they have to, though. They have to. If it's going to be a pro level show, they they have to. Well, it, Even if it's like, hey, here's 500 bucks. Thanks for showing up. Right. You know? I mean, I'm, I mean, honestly, and and when you're giving out twenty five thousand. To the open men, yeah, it does look a little bit weird that like, hey, we don't have any money, yeah, and I get and, it, and but, it's going to be the WNBA argument. They're like, well, what do you generate? Okay, well, but, give us an opportunity to showcase ourselves, yeah, and but, I'll show you what we can generate. I was talking to, um, you know, Christine and Jacob McBride about this the other day. You know, before my injury, you know, I I'd, I'd kind of heard murmurings about this uh, 90 kilo ASM. Um, and to be clear, I'm like zero percent offended or bothered or anything, especially with me being injured now. But would that not have been the perfect opportunity for them to reach out to me and be because I'm the only 105 pro right. that is active, that is in I, cutting range to 90 I'm kilos. I'm surprised that you didn't get invited. Well, I think I didn't because of the injury. I'm not mad about that. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. Um, and it doesn't even bother me that they didn't use this as an idea. But from a marketing standpoint, why wouldn't have they emailed me and been like, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to kind of, I don't know, not yeah. be the face, but you're already an established pro. You've already done this. You've already done that. Come help us build this 90 kilo class and bring your friends with you. Like, would that not have made like like a lot of right. business sense? And I'm not saying I'm God's gift to strongman by any stretch. Right. No, no, um, but it, it, it makes sense. And, you know, it is something wheels are moving. It's, it's something that might just be overlooked. And right. James may listen to this or hear this and be like, Oh yeah, that would have made yeah. a lot of sense. And he can learn, you know, and, and to be clear, there's a lot of people in the sport that don't like James, but I like James. Like yeah. I, I mean, we've never had a problem. Uh, oh, I didn't man, mean to cut James, you off. Go ahead. James is no, no, you're good. James has always been great to me in the limited interaction. And I think it's cool. And I don't want it to ever come across like I'm being negative, like in bashing stuff, because yeah. like we were saying, like, but Okay, here's my question for you. And I, I want to go back to the WNBA comparison because I absolutely hate that. I understand what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I understand your side. But there's no – I'll just say it right now. There's no – NBA and WNBA have data. Like, mm-hmm. NBA is like, yeah, we have 12 million people watching the NBA Finals and 200,000 people – I'm just using random numbers – watch the WNBA Finals. And and they lose money. They have financial – Strongman doesn't have that. And – I would be interested to see like ADL or like a streaming company yep. actually make their numbers public. Like, yeah. And like Luke Davis, I would like to see like if he ran an open show versus 200, are the numbers that crazy different? Because yeah. I feel like it's just something that's been reiterated for so long. Like people only want to watch heavyweights, but I will tell you, you know, 
just from running some like free live streams and stuff and commentating, people are super interested in the weight class stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't think that even people are interested in watching the heavyweights. They're interested in watching the people that are promoted. So if the only people they're promoting are, right. you know, and I love Bobby Thompson. I love Trey Mitchell. I, lo I like all these guys. You know, that's great that they're getting their promotion, but there's enough pie for them to promote these other weight classes. You know what my favorite weight class of any, like, to watch is? The 64-kilo women. They're you know incredible. And that's not funny? just because – Everyone says that. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. Every, it, that's actually hilarious because – well, my, my wife competes at – that she's pregnant now, but but she's done three shows and done that, and it's it is an incredible class. Yeah, and I, I like it's that they do is wonderful, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because Panda's no. my fun or whatever. But man, they <laughs> I, well, like I even remember like so uh, this past year at Nationals in Erie uh, at Strongman Corp Nationals, their farmers. So the farmers carry was a pretty intense carry. It was. It was uh, 40 feet down, 40 feet back, then go into a heavier farmer's 40 feet down, 40 feet back. Their last farmer's was 220 pounds a hand. If you look two years ago in this sport at a competitive show, that is a men's op uh, a men's like 80 or 90 kg weight a hand. Yep, you're right. I I've had shows with 10 plus guys in a class, five plus guys in a class at a local level, and my farmer's was lighter than that. Mm -hmm. like and people so didn't finish there, right <clears throat> um and you know you're talking like you have a a handful of people that are pulling north of 500 pounds right at 100 i mean christine I mean, will christine will pull 500 this year and, um like in the next 12 months raw like right. at that body weight it's just it's crazy it's crazy and why like from a business standpoint they already like are making a ton of money off of us yeah. Not to hate their hustle, but, you know, it would be easy for them to invest. Hey, showcase this athlete, showcase this athlete, get some attention garnered to those other shows. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it would be so easy. Yeah. You know, and one thing I've always said about the weight class, I'm, I'm biased. I always say, cause I, I compete as an 80. Um, uh, I'm biased, but I will say if you are trying to grow and I, I put quotations a sport because I have some stuff to say about it, us even being a legitimate sport yet, because it seems there's times where I feel like we're still so far away that people realize, but if you're trying to bring more and more people in, right. The big dudes that are Bobby Thompson, they, they're lifting weights. Like, you know, they under, they know what this is. And I, there's some freaks out there. You can bring in the sports still, but how much easier is it for the average person that's at a show or sees it online to see an 80 or a 90 kg guy? Because every mm -hmm. the average human that's athletic and likes lifting is under 200 pounds or right around mm -hmm. that 200 pounds. Same with women. A woman that's 140, 160 pounds, they're like, oh, these girls do it too. It's mm -hmm. not just the heavyweights. I think that promoted that. I'm not just saying because I'm biased. I think promoting the, the lower weight classes helps grow the sport if you look at it from a grand scheme because you're bringing more, I guess, gen pop people into the sport. Because yeah. they, how many people have you talked to? They're like, oh, I didn't even know that you, I can do this. I'm a hundred. That's how I started. That's how I, that's a guy was like, yeah, there's a strongman comp. <laughs> when I first started guys, like there's a strongman comp in like three, four weeks. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, those guys are like, cause I only knew this is like 2018 or 2017, whatever. And I'm like, I've only known it from watching it on ESPN at Christmas Eve with my parents when I was, you know, like 10. Yeah, um, for sure. So I thought that was, that was a great point by you talking about promoting and, you know, I, yeah. I, you own a business. I own a business. I understand businesses have to make money. So I, I don't like shitting on. You're making money. money? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's, that's relatable, but you know, a business, <laughs> a business model has to make sense for them. You know, these federations and stuff. I get that. I really mm -hmm. do. I don't want to, I hate when people are like, well, you know, they just do the math. Hey, there were 200 registrations to $200. They made this much money. Well, that's, we mm -hmm. know that's not exactly how that works, but promoting, well, you know, but here's the deal in PSL to credit, you know, Furman for starting this and Tyler Purdue for taking it over. Yeah. They're on the right track because they are promoting merchandise for the athletes. Yeah, so Luke if you want too. to support your athlete, uh, chaos did it too, uh, Luke. Um, if you want to support your athlete, you know, 
in any given circle, you may have 10 or 15 people that want to support you. Um, so, you know, now they're wearing your shirt, right? You know, even though it's small, that's how it starts, right? We're in the infancy phase phases of what this could potentially look like in five years. Yeah. And, and, and that's almost free and should be, that should, that should always be done because it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, my mom and dad would buy a shirt and Mm -hmm. they, they want a shirt. So it's like, it's something that's easy to generate revenue. You know, my thing is with PSL, like that model the only way, only reason I get worried and they shouldn't have a membership. It's pro strongman, you know, like it's, you shouldn't pay an entry fee in my yeah. opinion, because it's professional strongman, like mm-hmm. professionals don't pay to do something. Um, they're invited. Um, but I just, I just worry about money long-term in that type of business yeah. model, you know, like another, you know, I, 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 I think they'll figure it out. I I've talked to Tyler Purdue and he seems like he really cares. And obviously Anthony cared a lot. And Anthony was a friend of mine and is a friend of mine. And you know, something they did, they did that wall, that sponsorship wall at clash. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool idea. Um, yep. Whatever. you know, but, but long-term to grow it, you need something sustainable that can bring in legitimate money, not just t-shirt mm-hmm. money. You know what I mean? No doubt. No I doubt. Well, I get worried about that. It, it's the base level of merchandise, right? You know, you, your 580 barbell, yeah. you know, that was the goal when I opened Great A Performance. I wanted people to get so tired of seeing this fucking gorilla face that everybody knew what it was. Right. And I started out Great A Performance. Now you won't see a shirt unless it's an old one that has the words on it. Like, That's- I'm, I'm doing it to where it's just a face. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I want people to know when we walk in, kind of like Westside back in the day, when we walk in and you see a Great A you know, shirt or, you know, somebody warming up in grade eight gear, like, oh, well, shit, this one's yeah. going to come correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love it. And that's kind of, that's what I want. Been my goal too, with our little, I'm wearing it right now too, our little mm-hmm. diamond. Like uh, when we sponsor shows, we don't put like 580 barbell on it. We just put like our diamond that says 580. Exactly. You know, that's been our, so I, I feel you on that a hundred percent. Um, Going back real quick. The one thing I, I, I wanted to mention about the 200 ASM. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. This is the part that doesn't make sense to me is what, and and reason I'm bringing this up is you may have insight on it that I'll be like, Oh shit, that makes sense. Um, what is the difference between the winner of 200 nationals at strongman corp nationals, which is on October mm-hmm. 21st versus the winner of ASM 200s, which is on November 4th. Who decided what to do, what show, but I mean, no, you're right, but here's my worry. Here, and and it it's gonna feed in with that. Here's my worry. Let's say we have a 200 pound winner at. I mean, we're obviously gonna have a 200 pound winner at nationals, yeah. and then you know we're gonna have a 200 pound ASM. They're probably not gonna be the same person because the shows are what three weeks away from each other. They're, two weeks they're away? not going to be the same person. No, and they're not gonna, gonna be the same person. But, but so also- I'm worried. And even then, a lot of your 90 top 90 kilo guys are, are prepping for OSG, so they're not doing either of them. So now there's three shows that are five weeks away from each other, oh, including four. PSL. Yeah. Four. PSL's yeah. three weeks before. Yeah. So what, like, could they not have started in like an email chain and like got this together? You know, That's- OSG, like, and I know Tyler, I've talked to him about it. There's a reason he planned that in September. It was so it wouldn't interfere with the guys doing OSG. Like he planned that on purpose. Yeah, I and wish we always know OSGs yeah. at the end of the year. It just seems sloppy from Strongman Corporation, and like it, I'm I'm worried from I'm worried about the athletes' credibility being attacked because you know let's say right. somebody goes to ASM, they have a great prep, they show out, they're in a, you know they're a good athlete. Maybe things didn't pan out for them being able to go with OSG for whatever reason. And they go and they're like, hey, I won the 90 kilo ASM. You know what everybody that's going to OSG is going to be going to say? Well, are you really right. the 90 kilo and, ASM? Right. And I, and I think that's bullshit to the athlete because For sure. it's, it's that like, that's something I've battled. I'm sure you've battled it in the past yeah. is like your brain always goes to, well, this guy didn't show up. Well, who gives a fuck? Like it, you can't, I can't control who shows up. And that was something like, I wish I would have immediately known after nationals last year, like, Hey, like your accomplishments are your accomplishments. So I think it's like unfair to hold the athletes that standard. I just think it's dude, we have 
September, end of September, 90 kg PSL. Nationals, mm-hmm. middle of October. ASM 200, beginning of November. And then OSG, beginning of December. That's, it's just, and, and also remember, it goes back to what we we're talking about. It's, it's a hobby. How many 90 kgs are going to be able to go from Erie, Pennsylvania to Florida to Charleston, West Virginia? And to the the yeah. the PSL shows in I believe Baltimore, yeah, something like that, yeah. So it just it, uh, see I don't have any athletes that are doing more than like I have Tyler Mingus doing ASM, and then uh, Christine reached out and asked what I she wasn't necessarily asking to do it. She yeah. was like, "Hey, what do you think about the sixty four kilo AS uh, ASW?" And I was like, "I don't want you to do it. It's too close to OSG. That's yeah. our pie in the sky. That's where we're going." Um, so she was like, ah, that's kind of where my head was at, but I wanted to get your opinion. I have Jacob McBride doing PSL nineties and oh, I didn't uh, know you coach him. That's cool. Yeah. And then, uh, he's, he qualified for OSG as well. Um, he ended up like one spot ahead of me on the qualifier. I was, you know, with my, with my first, uh, my first entries held, held tight until the very end. So, um, it was fun watching me go from like, second to third to fourth yeah. to fifth to sixth because realistically and you know i've been arguing about this with my uh with my wife and everybody in my life it feels like because they're like it's too soon i'm like well we're gonna let the doctor decide that you know yeah. i went to see my ortho uh day before yesterday and i was like listen doc i was like i got this well you know i got this invitation i was like it's 14 weeks post-op 12 weeks from now i was like i cut my cast off last week look how much range of motion i have i was like i've already been doing pt and I said, uh, let's just give me an opportunity. I was like, I'm not like these other mortals that you deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, I was like, right. I'm going to do what I need to do. But if you veto it at the end, then I won't do it. So I've already talked to Lynn about it. And we gave, you know, I, I gave him a window of whether or not I'd make a, a definite, you know, decision. So, yeah. But I'm not going to push it. You know, I'm not uh, at this point in my career, you know, I've done that would be my 40th contest. Um that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not going to push it if I don't have to. Right. PSL is six weeks later, January 20th uh, in Baltimore, and it's another 90 kilo qualifier. So I'll do that if I have to. You know, I, I, I have to have, I'm a goal driven person, though. Like I have to have something in front of me. So yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's awesome is to always have a goal. But I think what you said is like, with like, you said someone asked you if they should do ASW or whatever. And, you know, I think being realistic and focusing on one thing at a time. I think if you're like, Hey, I'm going to do nationals, I'm going to do PSL and I'm going to do OSG. I think you're going to get really clouded. And I think instead of having one really good performance, I think you're most likely to have three app performances Mm -hmm. and trust. I get, I get there's freaks out there. There's guys like Ben Donan right now that can do, 12 shows a year is that sustainable probably not i hope so i, I hope, hope so, so too fun to watch it, um, very fun geez. to watch and and uh but is that and and okay so i guess instead of saying is that sustainable or i guess i should ask the question are you ben donan if you're listening probably not yeah. because that's that point zero no, one. he doesn't speak english he's not listening yeah no yeah no shit <laughs> I, I went at him actually we 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 had a controversial episode once where we talked about him and like the whole country of France was in my DMs threatening to kill me. So it was <laughs> no. funny. I was like I translating messages. But and and that I, I want to kind of segue into into something that we briefly touched on earlier. Um, you know, Ben knows his body, but Ben is also coached by one of the best coaches in the business. And Tom oh. Hibbert is not, I would like to think Tom Hibbert is has his hands on those reins and he's going to know when to rein him in versus let him eat. Yeah. And that is my biggest gripe in strongman and coaching right now is because so many of these coaches were only measured by our successes, which is great. You know, I've had, you know, Nick O'Hare, who I, Tom Hibbert coaches now, um, like when he got second at OSG, I've had multiple national title winners, you know, I've had a lot of successful athletes, but what I take more pride in is they are better humans. My people don't typically get injured, ironically. You know, my people are still enjoying training strongmen. How many coaches, and I'm sure you know several in Pennsylvania, that, you know, that they'll hire somebody and then they'll get hurt and they're never training again. Or they'll have some catastrophic injury or they're 
taking a whole lot of creatine because somebody told them to take a whole lot of creatine yeah, yeah. and then they've got to spend the week in the hospital and they're never the same person. This is a hobby. My, you know, this has hurt me the most because I haven't been able to pick up my 10 month old the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that, 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 see, that's, that's, that's real. That's like deep. That's yeah. So this, this sport's never going to be me more important to me than being a dad, you know, and right. part of the sport is what, you know, provides for them. So I'm under, I'm able to make that, you know, distinction, if you will, but it drives me fucking crazy yeah. that some of these coaches are setting some of these athletes up for failure. Young, young people. Yep. Like hundred oh, percent. It, it's, it's crazy. I, I really good point on like, uh, just with like our gym members, like I get so much joy. Like, obviously I want to go and I want everyone to win everything and, and do their best and, and everything like that. But when people are like, Hey, thank you guys for coming to our show. You know, you brought 10 people, you guys were awesome and like super mm-hmm. respectful and kind. Like, honestly, that is more like gratifying. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I get more out of that than sometimes yeah. a performance. You know what I mean? That's a great, yeah. because like we always say, like we're, we're trying to put out more and more with our YouTube and our shows and, podcasts and everything and stuff we have in the future uh my biggest thing is leaving the sport better than when you came into it mm-hmm. and i think if everyone would take that approach you know so for that's sure. a great point by you you know um but yeah um got a little bit off topic there i guess i guess the one one last thing i would it say it makes about, sense to my head I don't no know. <laughs> no I'm the, I'm the same exact way i have so many questions right now that i want to ask you specifically as well yeah, i guess I guess the last thing I want to say about that is like the re the, the, the 90 kg thing with ASM and nationals is I guess that since there isn't a pro card system and it's only a couple weeks after it, it just, I would think the America's strongest man by definition is already the 20, whatever 20 this year, 2023 strongman corp national champion. Like yeah. for that. So what I think that there will be a pro card eventually, uh, I, I think I, I I mean I have zero insider information about this. Mm-hmm. I do not know what yeah, they got yeah. going on over there at corporate headquarters or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is the next step. Yeah. Now from a like from where I'm at, I think it's a golden opportunity for Strumman Corporation to not get left uh, in the dust and maybe offer a pro card at 185 pounds or 190 pounds. That'd a lot cool. of these 90 kilo guys could make that cut down and a lot of those 75 guys could come up. Yeah. I know they played with an, a 185 class 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, and it didn't really go well, but we don't have the same exposure or we didn't have the same exposure then that we do now. I think that would be like a golden goose, you know, that's uh, a, I actually just saw that's a, that's a, that's a really cool and unique idea. I think that's think, cool. think about think about how competitive like a 188 class would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um yeah, that, uh, that that's a really good point. I saw this DJ Kraft trophy like, you know, it'd be yeah. it'd be tailor made for him and Ben Donan and yeah. you know, I, I could get back down to 188 if I had to, you know, it's it's stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It's exciting because then it would shake things up. The people, you know, um God, his name escapes me, and I'm I feel really bad about it. Uh, who's the guy that won 175 nationals like 15 years in a row? It wasn't that many, but Nick um, Gagnon. Not nah, bingo. Yep, Nick he, Gagnon. He, what's like, hilarious is Nick Gagnon lives in like a closet. Like he, uh, what I'm saying is he's like mm-hmm. very like like yeah. out of the loop of everything. Like just yeah. lives in a basement. And but like we, he came up on the pod last week too, which is super yeah. random. So like, Nick, you know, even like Andrew Hainis. Andrew hey, that, I was getting ready to open my mouth it's, to say Andrew Hainis. Uh I competed against him at 80 kilos back in the day. Yeah. He's an incredible strong man. I would love to see him fill like a middle he won the, class. The first, he won the first nationals that I ever did. Got to go against yep. him. And, and he I won the to, Arnold last year at yeah, 290. Yep. He's well, an incredible athlete. Big he won, the Arnold, won the Arnold at 80 in 2021 and then won mm-hmm. it at nine or I get, 2022, yep. 80, 2023, 90. Yep. yep. Richie uh, Stout. Richie yep. Stout. No, yeah, it's incredible. That's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of weight class, I guess like people that are listening, you know, you have a lot of experience in weight classes because mm-hmm. started you just mentioned your your history in the 80s, which you started in, your history in the 90s, which still going on, I I guess right now, you know. Um yeah. and 
and you're a pro strongman at 105 mm-hmm. and have made the clash. Like I remember the first clash year when you got in by like, you the were fan like vote. yeah, that was so cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so like what, what's it been like, I guess in like, do you think you benefit? I saw CJ uh, Pierce make a really interesting post. Okay. Mm-hmm. Without getting too far off topic and, and trying to get my question across, but CJ Pierce said he said he thinks in strongman people limit themselves to one class too much, mm-hmm. and um, it limits it limits growth. And when I say growth, mm-hmm. your strength growth. And I think that's something that really, when I read CJ's post about that, I think it really resonated with me because I've always been an eighty, and I, I am pretty lucky. My body naturally sits around pretty light for my class for a water cut, but. He said, you know, people hold themselves too close to a class. Like, hey, I have to be an 80. Well, hey, yeah. if my overhead press is going to go up 60 pounds by adding 10 pounds of my body weight and I compete for a little bit. Like, I think you're seeing it with CJ Krause. Yeah. He's hitting, yeah. hitting he, he tied for the win in the log at the Chaos Classic. Yeah, he did. Like, tied with me. Yeah, right. And, uh, like, so do you think you've been, I guess, long way of getting there, but do you think you've benefited from being like, Hey, I could do, I've done 80, I can do 90 and I'll freaking go up to one Oh five. Like, have you so, benefited from that? So where I'm at with it is I want to go where the competition is. I would rather place fifth at one of the most stacked competition, like clash my first year, I would rather be fucking fifth than win some show that doesn't mean anything. So I will always go where the opportunity is. So I started out, my normal weight class was 90 kilos. I started at 90. Now, for whatever reason, I got this idea in my head that um, I don't know if it was like some post or somebody said something about it, but I got in my head that they were going to make a lightweight pro card um, back in 2018. I just thought they nobody came out and said it. I just, for whatever reason, I felt like it was going to happen. So I cut to 80 kilos because I thought there was going to be an opportunity there. But then I also got my ass kicked at 80 kilos because 80 kilo Tyler Young isn't the same as the rest of them. You know what I mean? So I came back up to 90. um, And then I was like, you know, they're never going to make a pro card here at 90. I want to compete at ASM. I helped out with uh, Davey McCann ran uh, ASM one year in Louisville. I believe it was 2019. Um, Terry Rady won that year, best I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there and I was helping them. And I was like, you know, I belong here with these guys. Like, I'm strong enough now. Like, I can like I can do this. And I was yeah. talking to um, – uh, I was talking to Luke. Man, I'm so terrible with names. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Luke Meredith. Uh, lives in Evansville, Indiana. I've been a pro for a long time. I was talking to him there at that show, and I was, and he was like, uh, we were doing the log, and people started falling out at like 320, and I'd already hit a 360 a few weeks earlier training with Luke. Wow. And he was like, why don't you just hop in and show him how to hit a 360 real quick? And I was like, man, I belong here. And he was like, no, you really do. And I was like, okay, that decides it. I'm going to 105. So I decided to make that jump. Um, and then, you know, first nationals I did at 105, I got 19th. Um, I did well, like, you know, if we could do have, have like an outlier where we remove our worst event and then issue the points, that'd be better. Uh, who's fell stone and Tyler Young did not do very well together. Um, shit the bed pretty bad on who's fell stone ended up 19th overall. Um, but Clash was, you know, six months later came in fifth at Clash. You know, so yeah. then that fall is when I got my uh, is when I got my pro card. My math might be a little off, but generally, oh, yeah. That, um, uh, so yeah, man, I just want to go where the where the competition is, and I was happy being at 105. I was qualified for Clash this year. My body weight was down a little bit uh, for the Big Show Clash, yeah. um, but then Luke uh, Luke mentioned that he was going to do Chaos, and he was going to invite the best of the best uh, to put that show together. And I emailed him, and I was like, Hey, what's the closest? Uh, uh, closest airport to Lithum Santa Ann's. And he said, why are you coming to 90? And I said, potentially. And he sent me a, uh, a, a, uh, an invite back. And I was like, guess I'm going to 90. Hell so yeah. I pulled out a clash and I put all my eggs in that basket. You know, that was, that was what I needed next to be competitive. You know what I mean? And right. I'll always do that. You know, if I, I can't imagine winning multiple national titles at a weight class and not 
pumping myself up. Not yeah. that's not a stab. That's not a stab at anybody. No, no, um, nothing sense. but respect for those guys. But you know, if I want a title, you know, at 198, I'm done at 198. You know, I'm going to go to I'm going to go back to two or uh, 105 or 220 or whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Um, so. Yeah. So so with all your moving around and your longevity in the sport, because you mentioned 39. Oh, well, your next show will be your 40th show. And that's a hell mm-hmm. of accomplishment. And that shows you've been in the sport for a long time. I guess what's your secret? And what would be your advice for people, you know, that are just getting into the sport or like how, how to stay in it for a long time? Because it is a sport. It's the same as powerlifting is you see so many people shoot. And then where, yeah. where'd they go? You, you know? want longevity in the sport? Don't miss the forest for the trees. I like enjoy that. your, enjoy the process as you go. Don't forget why you started doing strongman. Everybody gets so fucking stressed out about trying to do these shows and qualifying for nationals and OSG and all this other shit. They're so stressed out and they'll spend every fucking penny in their bank account going to all these shows. I started in a parking lot, bro. Like that's what was fun. I couldn't wait for strongman Saturdays because I got to go flip these dirty ass tires for two hours, even though it was terrible, like training, like, yeah, yeah. That's what started it, you know. That's why I built this is so we would have a spot. You know, I don't my goal of this gym, I like I work a full-time job at I work security at a local hospital. My only goal for the income here at the gym is to keep the lights on here at the gym. Anything excess, I buy something new. That, that's I'm like the worst that is I'm the worst business owner ever. I'm the like, worst business. I've never taken a dollar from our gym. I work a full-time yeah. job too. I work in safety, yeah. ironically. So uh <laughs> So yeah, I'm the exact same way. I just, yeah, I just remember, so, you know, it's so funny. Like what you're saying is resonating with me so much. Cause I still do get those chills. Like, and so excited to go to strongman Saturday every week, you know, that we can go and, and go train through with my training partners throughout the week. And like, I just remember those, like when we used to train in a garage going and mm-hmm. flipping the tire, we, we had like a tire, a Husafel and a yoke. So that's what we got good at, you know, and like mm-hmm. two stones and, and yeah, yeah, maybe the training wasn't perfect or optimal, but like we did get something from that mentally and we all love to do it. So you, exactly, and that, that really, that really resonated with me, you know, as, as continuing to love the sport. Cause yeah. And well, you know, you, you may have heard me on other podcasts or I've been kind of, I've, I've been kind of in a weird spot for shit, probably a year and a half, two years. I mean, even considering like retiring, stepping away from the sport, minus coaching, Um, but you know, I feel like when I compete, uh, which is only two or three times a year at best for that five or six minutes that I'm out there, that's the most me I can be like, like when I have to go to work, like I have to show a reserved version of me when I'm, you know, at home, I'm a different version, like not wearing different faces, if you will, but untethered, you know, rage and aggression and, you know, just untethered me for that five minutes or that six minutes or however long I'm out there at a contest. So I've been really kind of on the fence of if the juice is worth the squeeze. Cause you know, I have a six year old and I have a 10 month old and they're going to start doing their own sports things. And you know, I'm, I'm 34 actually today. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, nice. yeah. Happy that's birthday, why I had man. to have that deadlift this morning, man. I needed it. <laughs> nice. Dude. But, Happy um, birthday. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you. Oh, of course, man. Um, but you know, I, I I've done my stuff, you know, so I may I may dial mine back a little bit, but I can't be done. This like changed it. Like once I couldn't do it anymore, I was like, wait a fucking minute here. And you know, I I've been the most giddy over a PR that I remember being since since probably that four oh seven stone that I've got pinned on my Instagram. Um like uh I picked up some 12 pound dumbbells yesterday at work uh, without my arm brace on and did some shoulder raises. And I was fucking terrified when I picked them up and I was like, is it going to hold? But I was like, Oh no, we can do this. Like I was so, I was so excited. You know what I mean? Um, But we all like, it's been a while since I've got butterflies over a lift. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it, it makes when, when you can't do it, it makes you realize how much you love it. And when, and, and yeah. when you get that feeling, it just resonates with you. Even for people listening that like a small back strain, mm-hmm. like I had to miss you. I was going to do USS nationals this year. And I got, I suffered like a, just, just a strain where I had to like kind of really dial back training for three, four weeks where I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And like that little time where like, you're just doing active recovery rehab and stuff. It makes you realize like, man, it makes you so much more thankful when you are healthy and you can do stuff. Right. So right. that's a great point by you. Mm-hmm. And 
for people not lit the people that don't know you, the few that are listening, you're a shorter athlete. You're you, like you're kind of notorious for being like the smallest, yeah, better like height wise. That okay. So how tall are you? Like five, five, five six, five six. Yeah. So height is a height. Being short can obviously be a huge disadvantage in strongman. You know, with loading events, but you can make it a you can make it a strength being shorter, which yeah. you've done with other events. So, you know, what have you done to offset that? Because it's so it's just, like you, bro, you can beat it at one hundred five against guys that are well over six feet, and mm-hmm. beat, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, I'm just stubborn, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I'm a <laughs> like I'm fine with somebody beating me because they're stronger than me or faster than me. But I'll be damned if I'm gonna lose just because I'm short. Yeah, like I'm gonna figure something out. And you know the the second year that I did clash we had that loading race and we got there and they had moved the platform up. It was like a 54 inch load or something like that. It was like a block an anvil, uh, fire yeah, hydrant. And, uh, I was like, what the, f-? I was like, well, I guess I'm shouldering all of this stuff. I was like, that's the only way I'm going to be able to load it. And I didn't train to shoulder it. Right. Like I just showed up and I was like, all right, cool. And that was just the way it is. You know what I mean? So people, it drives me crazy in the sport. People will let anything stand in their way of scratching the surface of greatness. Like, and I'm not like, that's not me being braggadocious. I'm not saying I'm fucking great or anything, but like, you'll see it. And it drives me crazy. Like there's even like top level athletes. I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but like leading up to a big show, they're like, well, this is the worst script that I've ever had. My dog died. My wife left my, car broke down my back hurts i've trained once in the last seven years yeah I'm well but i'm gonna go out but then if they do well they're like despite all of this adversity i did well and if they do bad they're like well it's exactly how i expect well they're they're people that do that are mentally already trying to create an yeah. ex- a justifiable excuse excuse in their yeah. mind you know what i mean it reminds me it reminds me of mike tyson this is this is a weird analogy, but it's going to mm-hmm. make sense. Mike Tyson didn't bite Evander Holyfield because he was mad. Like, really, he bit him so he, he had a way out. Yeah, that was his way out. Well, another and Holyfield com- even talked about that. Yeah, another combat sports reference that I was just watching, like a like a little YouTube documentary. John Jones, greatest, yeah. you know, best MMA fighter probably ever. Um, mm-hmm. Never, never truthfully lost a fight he got dq'd mm-hmm. once he said that he you know he had a lot of drug problems and he said the week before a fight he would go on a super big bender go do crack coke mm-hmm. everything because he wanted to always know even if he lost he had an excuse mm-hmm. and he yep. obviously has stopped doing that since but yeah but yeah it's it's people already mapping out it's sad to see because dude it's hilarious like your paraphrasing of like people complaining and making those excuses is like all too true. Cause you see it. Yeah. Every, it, I mean, it, it's so like, it, it, it just blows my mind. And then these same people, um, you know, maybe they're prepping for a pro show and they're saying this, like bro, yeah. a lot of people want to tune in and watch you now. Like you want exposure, you want attention, you want sponsorship, you want right. money, you want all this other shit. Like you got to get your shit together. You think I don't have terrible, like, I yeah. do not listen, man. I'm not an excuse guy. That's never going to be yeah, me. Yeah. My only excuse is if I would have been stronger, then that shit wouldn't have mattered anyway. Right, dude. I've had like some of the worst bouts of you know depression and being hurt and being bumped and bruised and all this shit going on. Kids, sick kids, newborns. Like I don't. None of that shit matters. We all have a life. We all have right. life that is impacting our training. Life dictates training, not the other way around. So you don't get extra brownie points for having a tough life. Come in, show up, pick up the weight or don't. Like it's not. Yeah, 100%. it's not rocket surgery. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it, yeah, I get it completely. Co- on the on the topic of coaching, so mm-hmm. I guess I guess I have a couple of questions as coaching before we okay. close out. But who are do you have any influences like like as a coach? People that you've learned from. 
uh, or continue to learn from or methodologies you've learned from, you know, obviously a lot of people have taken from Westside, even though they weren't a strongman gym or, um, or people have learned from, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, so many different people, Olympic lifting people. Um, you know, I just kind of, so I have a system, right. And I feel like I kind of stumbled into that system. So there's Uh no real coach that, you know, and I'll send you a rough outline when we get off the, yeah, uh, yeah when we get off the call so you kind of know for context um but honestly i just kind of stumbled into it from like trial and error um it doesn't really fall i mean it's not conjugate it's not yeah, cube yeah. it's not it's not any of that i mean i guess i don't know it's not any of that shit no, yeah. um, but coaches that i look to you know um andrew triana is an incredibly like underrated coach in the sport like he's he's awesome mm-hmm. um i learned a lot from him when he coached me um, but I needed somebody like drastically different. Like he does a lot of unique things like meditate, meditate at this megahertz for 45 minutes before you lift, like strange things, but yeah. fuck, they work like, yeah. like good on him. I'm just too stressed out all the time for all that. Like I can't like, you know, yeah. but I needed somebody different, you know, me and Camby do things drastically different. Um, like the main thing being he hits his world record lifts and I miss them, but that's, you know, that's an argument for another day. But that's why I handled him to handle my log prep. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. need people different than me sometimes. So there are a lot of coaches, you know, that look, Terry Rady is an incredible coach, you know, yeah. um, especially now that he's not arguing politics on the Internet. All the yeah, time. I, I, like I, uh, I had you Terry know? on. A, I had Terry on a few weeks ago and he is just incredibly, incredibly he's so smart. smart. He's yeah. so smart, you know, um, you know, so I've got nothing bad, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, people have their things, you know, yeah. uh, he, he's a good coach. Uh there, there are plenty of other people that I, that I look to in the sport. Um, the Pernices, uh, Anthony Pernice and okay. Emily Pernice. Um, I did a little bit of deadlift work with them. Sean Schumacher is an incredible deadlift coach. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing some, like some, good, oh, uh, Josh, Josh Cologne is doing some good stuff right now with yeah, the rehab stuff. Yeah. He seems like he's very, well, he's like a doctor, right? I mean, he's like, yeah. like yeah. he's actually really smart. Uh, we argue a lot. Like I tell him he's too smart for his own good. I tell yeah. him, what was that? I told him one day, I said, uh, you're the theory of strength and I'm the application. You need to quit just fucking around and just pick up the fucking weight or something yeah. like that. And he got all in his feelings, but I was just terrorizing. I was just playing. Yeah. Um, no, but I, nothing I, but respect. I think it's a double-edged sword. And I think you made some really good points is like, you know, you said you kind of stumbled upon your methodology, your, your, mm-hmm. your style of programming, probably from a lot of trial and error. Right and stuff that you know works for you. I think something I see and hear a lot is people are too stubborn. They're too, I don't want to say stubborn. They're too dead set on their ways. Like I have to do just conjugate. Yeah. I have to do just uh, uh, linear periodization and with no, with no real world application to themselves. And then it's like, well, if you, I think a lot of the, the real successful athletes and coaches have tried it, learned what works for their body and then made adjustments. Right. Cause I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a cookie cutter program. And then another thing you said that, that I thought was really interesting is bringing in a different point of view because yeah. when you try to coach yourself, you're like, Hey, you may, you may know in the back of your mind, Hey, I need to do this and this, mm-hmm. but you're not putting it to yourself be, for whatever reason, psychologically. Right, right. And a good, I, I'm not going to cut you off, but you said no, something no, you're important good. that I want to speak on. A good coach-athlete relationship has to be synergistic. So, for right. example, um, you know, Camby was doing me for that, um, was prepping me for that. But through a portion of the prep, we were doing a whole lot of barbell work, like thrusters and stuff like that. I have awful front rack mobility because I've never been an Olympic weightlifter. And I just yeah. don't, it's not something that I prioritize because I haven't needed it. Mm-hmm. So I was coming in and I was having to do like 30 or 45 minutes of prep work just to get the bar to my chest. And so I called him one day. I was like, look, man, I love you. I was like, I'm not questioning your methods. If you want me to continue to do this, then I will. I yeah. said, however, I don't have time for this. We're six weeks out. I feel like, you know, the coach in me, I feel like this time could be better spent doing something else. Right. I said, I feel like this is off season stuff that we can do. I know that this worked for you, but you already had the mobility. You already had this and it built your log. It didn't take away from it because I was having to do thrusters and like the top thruster set I hit that day was like 205 or something terrible. Like when you're you pressing, know, a, it's, when you're pressing it's 100 pounds less than my strict press on a right. barbell. You know what I mean? Like, right. and he was like, 
no, you're right. You're a different athlete. He was like, let's make some changes. Yeah. And, but I brought that to him respectfully. I was like, Hey, here's something that I think that we can. I was like, but at the end of the day, I hired you and I trust you and I will continue to right. do that. So yeah. athletes speak up. Even mine, if you're listening, if you think you're being mishandled, bring it to them appropriately and respectfully. You know, if you only been doing it for a couple of weeks, shut your mouth and do yeah, work. Right. But, but, you know, if we're, you know, you know, a few weeks in and you're not getting, because my workouts change week to week. My mm-hmm. guys never do the same thing. Like I need that. So I feel like my people do. So right. it changes weekly. Uh, something anyway. It's amazing points by you that I think people who are coached, which I've almost probably everyone listening is coached in some form or capacity. Um, Be honest with yourself, but Mm -hmm. be honest with your coach. Like, especially with online coaching, which I'm sure a lot of your coaching, you said, you know, you're in the fifties, right? So is a lot of that online. Yes. I'd say, Probably 35 of them are online, yeah. maybe 30, um, because the rest are all in my general area and they can come in and I can put hands on them if I need yeah. to. Yeah. So, so, okay, look, you, you hire me to coach you, right? I don't, I mean, besides seeing you on Instagram and stuff, I don't know you. Nick, Nick, Nick knew you, but he's, He's genuinely trying to put together the best program and methods for you, mm-hmm. but you just may not realize, Hey, your front rack position sucks. Like, I think that's one yeah. thing people struggle with is it's not going to be a magic pill when you have a coach, right? Right. It's, I think the biggest struggle is it takes six months to learn a client when people aren't willing to give that six months of, Hey, let's learn each other. Let's be honest. Yep. So, and I, I had a, it's so funny you mentioned that I had a client back in the day. Um, I'm not going to call him out by name, but, um, his complaint with me and the reason that he fired me is that I was too needy. Uh, he said, I was asking for too many videos, uh, because his fucking position sucked yeah. and I was trying to fix it. So we lasted four weeks, five weeks, six weeks or something like that. And I heard him talk about it on another podcast. Oh, wow. Um, not bitching, not like, you know, but he said, if I don't see results in the first month, I'm going to fire you because, um, because I hired you for results. And I just felt that that just tickled the shit out of me because I was like, bro, I was like, it takes me at least a whole training block to even see what kind of athlete you are. I said, now if you follow my program, if there's room to clean it up, you're absolutely going to hit PRs. Absolutely. I don't you know, it, it was so funny. That's a month is insane <laughs> in the grand. I mean, I, I'm preaching the choir is, with you, but I mean, think about how silly a month is in the grand scheme of training. And if I remember correctly, I got maybe three videos during that whole month. Yeah. Like you, there were several midweek messages of, Hey man, have you done any of your workouts this week? Hey, yeah, you have to, I mean, dude, you got to look at yourself and be like, Hey, as an athlete, am I doing everything possible to get better during this month you know yeah without without even blame i mean there's you can throw shit at a wall and it can stick for a programming for a month or yeah. you know i, I mean for wow, sure. that's that's and I'm, 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 I'm assuming it's a decently high level athlete if you're saying they were on a podcast i mean like no just a random random kid okay um but yeah i, I that's that's insane it goes, it, I, I've probably said it. We've had 143 episodes. I've probably said it in 80% of the episodes, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. And like, it is so cliche. It's so repeated, but like, that's the best advice quickly I can give to a new athlete is, mm-hmm. you know, every, every strength athlete has those beginner gains, whether it's powerlifting, strongman, whatever, Olympic lifting. It's once you get over that quick little rise, you weather that storm for years and years and years mm-hmm. where you're willing to work for one year for a five pound PR on a lift. Yeah, dude, that's it, man. People are so spoiled. Like <laughs> I, I was stuck. My deadlift was stuck at six sixty for three years, three dude. years before Sean Schumacher planted a seed in my brain and said, scoop. And I came in the next deadlift session. I pulled a 40 pound PR. Yep. 
Yeah. My first time over. It's funny. My mine was stuck at mine was stuck at six forty five for four years, mm-hmm. three three years, and I pulled and then I I broke it by five pounds. And it's like that yeah. five pounds is such. It's mm-hmm. the best feeling in the world because you knew you mm-hmm. worked for it. And yeah. that's what I've always loved about strength sports is that I, I, I think it's better than team sports because there's no one to blame. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, in, in football, you can look at it and be like, hey, well, was, are these guys working out as hard as me? Are these guys blocking? Are they doing their job? Whatever. Strong man, it's like, hey, man, if I don't hit this log, nobody's fault. It's mine. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate your time. Hey, man, I've happy enjoyed birthday. it. birthday. Even when hey, this, co- this will come out on Sunday. So everyone wish Tyler okay. a happy belated birthday. Uh, and, you know, your Instagram name and everything will be on here. Make sure okay. you guys are following Grade 8 Performance. If you're interested in coaching, uh, you know, reach out to Tyler. Follow his gym. Follow everything mm-hmm. those guys are doing because it's awesome. And, if you're uh, interested in coaching, make sure you message my personal account because I'm awful at checking the gym account. <laughs> um, so, yeah, really bad about that. Yeah. So we'll we'll have your Instagram name up here if you guys are watching on YouTube and everything and check the description for for all your stuff. But man, I appreciate it. that was a great conversation and hope to have Thank you on you. again in the future. Anytime, brother. Thanks. All right, man. Have a good one.